Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. The last two messages, we were still on the topic of in our series, Be Strong in the Lord. And so one of the things we went through the last um, two messages last week and the week, week before that uh, is that um, how does God want us to really respond to him in, 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 in view of his great, great, magnificent, magnificent love he has for us? How does he want us to respond? And we said, of course, the first response is to give our lives to him. And then we want to, of course, um, we want to serve him with all our heart. All our heart. We want to give our hearts to him. And to renew our minds and the spirit of our minds, which we said was a mindset. Last week we said another response is to praise him joyfully. Joyfully. And this week we want to cover uh, another one. And let me introduce it by going to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 12. Um, it's, it's very important for us to realize that he wants us to glorify him to respond to his great love. And so this is another way. In verse 12, it says, While I was with you, now this is Jesus, this is the longest recorded prayer in the Gospel of John. And it says that um, while I was with them, he's talking to his father about his disciples, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them. And God is, is a protection. Just He protected, protected them from the evil one. And not one of them, not one of them perished. Isn't that great to know that Whoever the Father gives him, he's going to guard it. He's going to guard it. Because this is what he said about them. And, of course, we are disciples also. And we know that, the, that no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. And no one going to know the Father except uh, Jesus reveals him. And it says that, only one, but one, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. That's the, that's, that's the only one he lost. But it was because of a scripture. So he was fulfilling scripture. And I wanted today, let us know that God wants us to fight for that which he's given us. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want us to lose 
what he's given us because he's already said that whatever you gave me, those you give, give me, Father, I have lost none except the son of perdition. And that's, that's only because of the scripture, that the scripture may be fulfilled. So anybody you give me, whatever you give me, I'm not going to lose it. And what has Jesus given us? Whatever the father gave him, the father said, all things are his, right? All things of God owns everything. And he get, he's given everything to Jesus, right? And so, therefore, he says we are joint heirs with him. Joint heirs with Jesus. So that means that, that everything Jesus has is ours also. Are we tracking together? That's, that's scripture now, okay? And so, if everything that is Jesus, which is, we are joint heirs of, God has given to us, what right do we have to lose it? Just to let somebody come in and take it. Is that correct? We're not going to do that. Knowingly, we're not going to do that. And that's why the message today is God wants us to fight for those things. Because somebody, something is going to try to take that which is yours. And I know you don't want nobody to come in and take that which is yours. What's been given to you, whether it's your home, whether it's your children, whether it's your life, whether it's your finances, you don't want anybody to come in and take it if somebody's given it to you. That's why the thief is so so terrible. Um, anybody who steals will thank God that he protects those things. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we fight? How does God want us to fight our battles? Because the world will say, um, well, won't you have a bodyguard? So that everywhere you go, Somebody's guarding your body. And, and we, we know that to be so in, in, in the world system. Uh, usually if you're very important and a celebrity or something, uh, you have a bodyguard or something. If you can pay for one, you have a bodyguard. They're usually big and strong. They look mean and everything. Uh, probably no karate and all this stuff. Uh, so y- you can have a bodyguard. But you can also live in a, in a, a place that's, that's uh, surrounded and you can't get in into the, your neighborhood unless you go through uh, somebody else who lets you in and, and all those type of things. You can guard a lot of things in the world system, but God says that he's the God. He's going to keep those things. And that's what we want. But how do we fight those battles? How are we going to fight them? Let's um, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 17. And you know we were there. That's where we were the last time. And we went through the first part of that, which says, and take the helmet of salvation. We went through that, the last two messages. Now this one, the second part of this is, and the sword of the Spirit. So, 
you're going to take the helmet of salvation and you're going to also take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this is how God wants to fight our battles. He wants us to fight a battle. How are we going to fight these battles? You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the only offensive weapon that the Romans had actually was, you know, the, the sword. But we know that in the spirit realm, which we've been talking about the spirit realm, it's more than just a sword. Uh, but we're talking about the sword today. But we're not just a physical sword. We're talking about a spiritual sword. That's what we're talking about. The sword of the spirit. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You're going to enjoy this message because you're going to go home and practice it. And you're going to practice and practice and practice it. Uh, if you, and I know some of you already are doing that. And all of you are doing it. All of you are doing it. I know you are. And so it's, a, it's just a reminder of this is how God wants us to fight. What kind of sword are we talking about? What kind of weapon are we talking about? If he said the sword of the spirit, he didn't leave us there. He said which is the word of God. The word of God. We're going to fight with the word. He wants us to fight with the word. You know, I wonder uh, sometimes why did uh, Jesus want the disciples to have a sword when he knew that they were going to come to get him. He knew that Judas was betraying him. And so, so one of them had a sword because they said, okay, do you have a sword? Who has a sword? They have a sword. Why? Because they used the sword, didn't they? They used the sword. It cut the man's ear off, didn't it? And that would have been great in a natural we'll say, oh, man, they missed his head, you know. Uh, but see, Jesus had other thoughts there. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So why would he want to have a sword to cut his ear off and you take and put the ear right back on? You see, Jesus wants us to know our battle is not a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle. I don't want you, you know, wounding people, hurting people. Let me get this ear. I'm going to put it back on. Now, you put your sword up. I don't need you to fight my battles. Because if I want somebody to fight my battles, I have legions of angels that the Father said they'll fight my battles. Don't we have that also? All of those who... Uh, heirs of salvation, and God sends his angels. So we have spiritual protection, but God wants us to use the spiritual weapon that he has given us. But it's a spiritual weapon. Let's look in uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We're talking about this warfare we're in. We're talking about fighting battles. 
We're talking about warfare. And, and I hope you know that you're in a warfare. I hope you know that we have an enemy. I hope you know that our enemy is not flesh and blood. I hope you know that our enemy is the demons, the principalities, the powers, the rulers, doctors. You know, all the things that we talked about when we first started this series. We have an enemy. They are fighting spiritually. We have to fight spiritually. And what about this, 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 this word? What about this word that we're supposed to fight with? Well, it tells us in, in verse 12, for the word of God is living. You don't, we do not have a dead weapon. Our weapon is living. The word that God is talking about is a living word. It's an active word. It, it, it's just like yeast that you put in bread and then put it on a counter and put something over it and let it just sit there all night because you wanted to rise. You wanted to do some changes to this bread. You wanted to be active and involved in this thing because you want some nice bread for, for, for you know, New Year's Day or Christmas or whenever you're going to eat this bread. You wanted to, you wanted to be, uh, have already risen. See, this word, when this word is in us, this word is a live word. When this word goes out, it's, it goes out and it does some work. It's active. It's sharper than in a two-edged sword. In a two-edged sword. In a two-edged sword. It's sharper. You know, if the enemy has a sword, well, but he doesn't have a, he, he a two-edged sword that's sharper than this one because there's no sword that's sharper than this one. And it says it's piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit. Oh, my goodness gracious. Of both joints and the marrow, that is something. And able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what this word can do. And more. This is just a little something. One verse. One verse. So how do we use? How do we use this sword? How do we use this thing? Let's, 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 the best way to do it is to, is to really uh, show you what it looks like. Somebody said, well, well, how does that look? Well, let, let, let's, let's look at how it looks. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Let's go there because um, that's, that's, a, that's a way, isn't it? It's a, it's a way that uh, we can see some things. Verse 9. Let's go there. You all love Revelations, don't you? Verse 9. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulations and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day 
and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in the book what you see and send it to the seven churches. So we, 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 we know that there's John uh, doing this, the beloved John. And let's go down to verse 15 because he's describing he's describing what he sees, who he sees. He talked about his head in verse 14. Let's, let's go to 15. His feet were like burnished bronze. Then it was, it has been made to, like it has been made to glow in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. Verse 16. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. Whoo! Now, this is a, a visual, a visual of God wants us to fight for what has been given to us. So, the sword of the Spirit is in our mouth. And see, if I, if I said that from the beginning, you said, well, you can't put no sword in your mouth, you know, and especially those might be listening on the Internet or whatever, that, you know, uh, you think that. But, see, I want to give you what the Word says because that's, that's more important than anything else is what the Word says. And it says that out of his mouth came. It didn't say it is out in his mouth sat a long sword, and he was trying to hold it with his teeth, and it was so big that it was drooping down. It didn't say anything like that, did it? No. So we know it's a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. And we know that from Scripture it says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. So we know that our battle has to be the words that's in our mouth coming out of our mouth is going to be that sharp, sharp two-edged sword is going to fight our battles. That's what it's going to be. And you say, oh, well, that's just one verse. Well, it's in the Bible. And I can give you another one uh, in Revelation 18. Uh, 11, but I'm not going there because I know that I don't have to go through every scripture that, that has that. If the word says it, it is true. It is true. Okay? And you do your research at home. You can go to the, another verse that says the same thing. Uh, but we're talking about this, 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 this sword. So we're talking about the word. Now, okay. I, I got this visual. It's, it's Jesus words coming out of his mouth is a sharp two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword that's ever been, ever will be. These words, and these words are active and it's powerful. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Able to divide some of the soul, the spirit, the joints of marrow. You know, all the scripture, right? Okay, so now, how did he use it? How did he use it? 
Okay. You know already. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Let's go there. The Gospel of Matthew. I, I know you know it already, don't you? Yeah, you know it. You got it. Got, I know you have it probably memorized. We're going to go to Matthew 1. I mean, you know, Matthew 4, verse 1. We'll go to verse 1. I like I like when I teach this way. We go through scripture because it's alive and it's coming out of my mouth. So it's sharper than a two-edged sword. But it's also a healer, also. Matthew four one. What Matthew four one? Let's go down. Okay, this is an account of the temptation of Jesus, right? Okay, we, we know that we know that all the situation that then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after uh, he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he, he became hungry. Verse four. And the tempter, who's the tempter? Okay, the devil uh, came and said to him, if you are the son of God command these stones to become bread. If you're the son of God, I don't, I don't think you're the son of God. You're just talking. So and the enemy is trying to bait him to sin, right? To do something that's not God's word to do. Okay, now, if Jesus does what Satan wants him to do, everything he says, we wouldn't be here, would we? And we can't do everything Satan puts in our thoughts and our minds to do. Because that means that we will be sinning. And that's how he tries to take that which is ours. Because God wants us to be a separate people, a holy people, a sanctified people, set aside for him. He's, the, he's, he, he's our husband. We're supposed to be the bride. We're supposed to be preparing ourselves for the wedding day, and he doesn't want to share us with anybody. And the enemy wants to uh, just nullify all of that and say, no, 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 you are mine. You do what I tell you to do. And so that's what he's trying to do with Jesus. And Jesus comes at him with his sharp two-edged sword, and that sword came out of his mouth, and he said, it is written. That's what he said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he's saying what God has said. He's saying what the word says. That's important. That's that sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And if he says that, if he said, hey, 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 repeat that again. I want to make sure that that what you're saying, uh, I didn't hear you correctly. You might have said, the attorney's but I'm, I am hungry. Would you repeat that? He doesn't have to even do any of that. All he's going to do is say, what did you say? You said that? Let me tell you something. Man don't live by bread alone. Why should I turn this into, this is paraphrase, into the bizarre? No. No, no, no. I'm not doing that. So now, of course, Satan, he does the next best thing, doesn't he? 
He said, okay. Okay, I got a weird person here. Because he knows, he knows that you're in the Bible. Right? He knows that, he, he knows that you know, you, 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 you know the word of God is inerrant. Everything it says, we believe. He knows that. So he says, okay, I'm dealing with cornerstone people. And they, 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 they think everything is true. What's in that word? I tell them what's in the word. Right? And so isn't that what he did, did next? That's what he did, you know. And, and so whatever Satan comes with, Jesus came back with just the same, same thing. The word. The word. Because Satan's going to try to get you to believe a half truth, believe a word that's, that's in the Bible. It's a verse, but he's going to take it out of context. You see? And, and you say, that is the word. God did say that. But why did he say that? Under what circumstance did he say that? What's surrounding what he said? We have to know the context of everything that we see in this Bible. Because it is true in this Bible, it says that Judas hanged himself. You did it? Did he hang himself? And if Satan, if Satan tells us, hey, it's written that Judas hanged himself. Don't do likewise. What are we going to say? It is written there. He did say that. No. The context is different. No. We'll come back with all it is written. Right? So I don't care what situation he says, you know. Uh, you can speed up and down the highway. It doesn't matter. You know, you late. Go, go ahead on the speed. You know, God will have charge over you. He'll give his angels charge over you. He'll keep you. Uh, no. We're not going to tell. So we have to know the word. That's how we fight our battles with the word of God. With the word of God. Everything that has to do with us, everything that deals with life and godliness, it says in the word, is in this Bible. Everything that has to do with life, we're talking about eternal life. Everything has to do with life and godliness. Godliness is in this Bible. So we can read it and read it, meditate on it. It's very important to do that and get it in our heart so that any thought that comes to us, we have to stop it, stop that thought, and defeat that thought with the word of God. That's how, he, that's how he, God wants us to fight our battles. Let's take um, uh, 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 just, just a few things that I know that um, I know your face will. Let me give you one other scripture, though, because this one is important before I go to that. Romans 4. Let's go to Romans 4, verse 16. Romans four sixteen. I'm, I'm gonna go down to seventeen. I'm, 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 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to 17. I'm going to go to 17. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Yeah, he's talking about who? Abraham. Okay. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, so in the presence of God, listen to this, who gives life to the dead. Is that possible? Yes, 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 yes. We were dead, weren't we? Spiritually. <laughs> okay. And this is what I want, want, want you to Calling into being, calling, how do we call? Word. Don't say, you. Don't say that now because that's not in there. We have to, we, we have to, we have to say what the word says. Call it into being that which does not exist. I, w- I w- w- want you to understand this is biblical. This is what God does. This is what he did. So if he calls things into being, what did Jesus do? He, he said, and what did he say? I do only what the Father uh, do. I, I don't do anything that I don't see him doing. I don't say anything that unless I hear him say. In other words, we have to follow what the fo- what, what what Jesus is saying because that's what Jesus did. So I want to know what does God do? He called them things that be not as though they were. He did. What did Jesus do? Did Jesus do that? Only the Father did that. Jesus did that too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was at a funeral and raised a fellow from the dead. Yeah, he, I mean, he did that. He did that with Lazarus. He, 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 he called things that be not as though they were. Right? So now, can we do that, though? Yeah. You can do that. You can do it if Jesus did it. You can do it if God said it. So that's why it's important for us to learn what this says about everything that we have to do with. Everything in our life we have to do with. We have to do the same thing because if he has given us something, that's what we need to do. Now, now, I'm trying to appeal to you here because Satan is already trying to tell you that this is not true. You don't have to do that. You can't do that. He's God, and you are not. That's what he's trying to say. But I want to say what the Word says, our life is here with Christ in God. When you've seen him, you've seen us, because our life is here with Christ in God. So if we have on his armor, if all his armor, then we look just like him. Marriage. I know we have people that's listening to me and also people here that would like to be married and how would I fight that? Man of God, it, it doesn't say that. Hey, if you want a husband, just get one. Call him out. Millionaire, come. You know? 
I said it's a sharp two-edged sword. I already read that the word of God is sharper than the I didn't say what you say that's not in this Bible is the sword of the Spirit. I didn't say that. But what is written? It's written that man shall not, what? Live long. He said that it's not good for man to be alone. Otherwise, he could have just said, hey, man, you know, you're going to be a veteran, 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 um, uh, what you call those things that, that love animals, work with animals, veterinarian, okay. Uh, he said, Adam, you're going to be, be there. You don't need nobody but, you. but these animals here. What you're going to do is just love animals. I'm going to put so much love in the animals. You're not going to need anybody because you're going to be happy with the animals. He says, not good for man to be what? Alone. If he said man should not be alone, then say so you can forget it. Don't nobody want you. You ain't gonna get no husband. You don't get all of them. They 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 either on drugs, in prison, you know, uh they they, they don't want you. Do you know that the world system and an enemy will tell you that you're not worth fighting for. I'm telling you, we have a lot of divorces in, the, in, in, in society, in the church of the living God all over, every church, and, and the enemy tries to hammer them with they are worthless. Nobody wants you. And God says just the opposite. God says he loves you. God says that he knew you before you were even born. He's the one who fashioned us in the womb. If God thinks that much of us, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, he will bring to us, he will put us in contact with those who he has prepared for us because he says it's not good for man to be alone. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't let an enemy tell you that mess about you. You're not worthless. Nobody wants you. You are so desirable that God Almighty wants you. My goodness gracious. You know, my goodness gracious. If, if somebody on this earth, I don't care where they wear a Christian suit or what they wear, if they don't, didn't, didn't want you, then they have missed God's best. So what you need to do is realize that, okay, uh, you didn't want me. That's too bad because uh, God's going to bring somebody else that that been waiting on me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Been waiting on me. You, see? you just missed it. About our children. What does it say about our children? I mean, it says so many uh, good things, doesn't it? You know, it says, well, uh, some of you I know, uh, maybe like me, I'm waiting on my grandchildren. Ha <laughs> ha! You know, 
And see, the enemy will try to, try to beat me up. Oh, you're not going to have any grandchildren. You're going to die before you have a grandchild. But this is a, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's what the word says. So if, 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 if I'm in God and I'm, I'm pressing into to, uh, being all what God wants me to be, and he tells me this in the word of God, I see it in the, in the word of God, then I'm, I, I know I have to be a good man if I'm, my life is here with Christ and God. I have to be a good man. So if I'm going to leave in the herd to my children's children, how can I leave in the herd to my children's children if I don't have any children? Right? So uh, for all those who are looking for their first child, then it's on the way. It's on the way on the way. And those of you like me who are looking for their first grandchild, it's on the way. And I know I'm going to live to see my children's children because he said a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I'm trying to make sure, you know, I, I have something to give them, right? So because I have a, they, they want an inheritance. So, uh, you say, well, you, you, you just wishing and wishing and wishing. You can forget it. I'm not going to forget nothing that God has, has told me. See, because I know how to fight. Because that's what I do. I fight. And I'm fighting with the word of God. And that's what I do. I said, well, I'm going to live and not die. So that, that's, that, that's going to be. That, that, that's the only word I needed while I was going through the bad, tough situations which you know about. And see, now you could do that. You know, uh, you can say, hey, I don't care about this chemotherapy. I don't care about this cancer that they diagnosed me with. You know, it's just a word. You know? But God says bring every word into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what he said. And so therefore, it is written, I saw it that I live and not die. I saw it that I'm a, you know, that healing is paid for. Because that's another one of the things. You say, well, well, you know, everybody, I don't care about everybody else. That's not my issue. I don't know about everybody else. All I know is about me. I know about what God has told me to fight for. So I know that God says that, that, that in, in his word in Matthew, he said we're not going to go turn to it. But his word, his word told me that, look, I healed everybody. I cast out all those demons when I was at Peter's house because that it may be fulfilled in Isaiah what was said that I took their infirmities and I bore their diseases. So if he took my infirmities, and both my diseases, infirmities are weaknesses from diseases. That's what, that's, what, that's what it is. So when I got down to 121, yeah, 121 pounds, then I said, okay, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But the word says, I don't walk by sight. 
I walk by faith. So that's what my word is saying. See, and that's what your word has to say. Any of your words has to say, say what the word says. And I'm going to live and not die, you see. Plus, I don't have any grandchildren yet. And therefore, he said that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Therefore, I can't die. So say you can try all you want to to kill me, but I can't die because the word says I'm going to live to see my children's children. I got to leave them in the herds to them. So I'm saying let's fight for this thing. Let's fight for whatever. Find the word on you, and that's, that's what the scripture was all about. And I, I just tell you, find the word that addresses your situation. I don't care what it is. It's a word in here to tell you. You say, well, man, I tell you, I can't get rid of this habit. I have this bad habit. I can't get rid of it. I don't know what's wrong with it. Look, the word is in there that tells you that. It tells you that. Matter of fact, that same word, not only did he heal everybody, but he cast out demons. So whatever demonic thing is trying to get hold of you and all those who are looking on TV and all these things and YouTube and Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever, TikTok and anything else, let me tell you something. Whatever word... Whatever word God gives you, you fight with that word. You fight with that word. And don't let nobody take that word from it. When a thought comes, bring that thought into captivity and cast it out. That's what you got to do. We're going to have communion now because it's worth having uh, communion on a message like this. Because I'm telling you, uh, communion is something we seal this thing. Come on up here, Eddie. You got it. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.